podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello. Hello. Welcome to uh, Season 24, Episode 17 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. It's Friday. Must yeah. be me. It's Friday. Yeah. We have a game convention coming up Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. LAX Hilton Already. Hotel. Yep. Um, I scheduled the show. Well done. I have not scheduled my games. Okay. I think I might run Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, And yeah, I don't yeah. know what else. Okay. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I'll be streaming, so one of them will have to be a streaming game. Right. Hopefully the good one. (laughs) Yes, if there has to be a lesser good one. Right. In this episode, Joe Crack writes in on player versus character knowledge, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Last week? Last week? The week before? Whenever it was. They blur together. Uh, Jorn from Sweden writes in about sympathetic villains and villainous allies. Mm -hmm. Axel in the UK sends us a success story, and Eric in New Jersey sends us a horror story. Ooh. Success and horror tonight. Success and horror. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. That's Mm happyjacksforum.com. And then we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and MeWe, happyjacksrpg, all one word. Mm -hmm. If you would like to watch the show live, go to happyjacks.org slash live and watch us at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, For this show. For this show. Lots of APs as well. Lots of APs. Lots of things. Oh, and uh, by the way, for those of you who are fans of Demigod, which is the PBTA hack that Jason has been working on, he is going mm-hmm. to enter into a Kickstarter starting on Tuesday, July 9th. Yay! So, if you're listening to this in the recorded version of it, it might, or depending on, on when you listen to the show, it might be time to go check that out. You can go to demigodspbta.com, and he will have a link to the Kickstarter when it goes live. It's very exciting. I have pictures of him like a 1950s dad smoking cigarettes and walking oh, yeah. around the circle like waiting <laughs> right? for the baby to arrive. Like, oh yeah. my God, oh my God, it's going to go live. Oh, yeah. oh my God, it's, have I got everything done? I don't know how to change a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> very similar. But And the cool thing about his Kickstarter is like the game is basically done. Yeah. And he's got art for it. Like basically the, the only things he needs are um, someone to like really do the layout for the whole booklet because mm-hmm. um, it's all written and all the art's done. It all It's like... Almost ready to go. So it's not like a Kickstarter where it's like, I have an idea for a thing. It's We've like, memorized all the words, now we just have to get them in the right, <laughs> right order. <Exactly. laughs> I played it once and it didn't seem broken to me. Yeah. It seemed like yeah. it seemed like everything was and that was like a year ago. Oh, so. he's, a lot of, he's done plenty of playtesting. He's, do, he's yeah. done and lots Absolutely. of work. So yeah. it should be good right out the gate. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's so so fun. It's one of my favorite systems. I came up with a character concept the next time I play it. Uh-huh. I want to play a, a scion of a of an elder god. <gasps> nice. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be very good. That's what uh, Samantha did in our very first campaign event. Oh, really? That's right. Yeah. That's so right. she was, uh, yeah, oh my god, Eve, who was... Uh, she had tentacles, and Yog she always wore long dresses. Yog Slothoff? Yeah, that was her, her divine parent. It was terrifying and somewhat charming in the way only Samantha can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, that does sum her up. She's, <laughs> right. she's terrifying and charming, yeah. all in one redhead right. package. I wonder how you would classify them, because you're kind of classified by the, uh, it's a god of war, or a god of this, or a god of that. But. Well, that's what, you're, you're classified by what the character is, your PC. Okay. So, uh, she was, I think, the arcane, so, okay. like, it mm-hmm. wrapped up and stuff, but, I mean, you can decide, I'm going to be a god of war, and, you know, and uh, each of the elder gods kind of have their own kind of, do they? Too mysterious to have anything. They're all just these horrible things that get to make up, make it up. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to the deities and demigods book and look up which each one of them was. Because I'm sure they had a Gygax was not an authority on those. (laughs) No, it wasn't Gygax. In fact, I think they got no. Maybe it's the Morcock stuff that got pulled out of deities and demigods. Yeah, I think it was. I it was the the Cthulhu stuff was not yet in public domain Uh when they when they originally released that book. Oops. Yeah. So, very, but it very is exciting. Now. Yeah. That stuff is all public domain. Now. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, P- demigodspbta.com to yep. go there for information. And uh, and when the Kickstarter goes live on Tuesday, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. And we wish them the best of luck. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Go, ahead, go to sleep. Get some sleep. <laughs> 
Uh, he'll sleep after it. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Is he doing a 30-day or is he doing a, like a 90-day or something? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. It's 90 days. He's gonna he's gonna have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> 30 days we can survive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sympathetic villains and villainous allies from Yorn in Sweden. Did I forget to put an email in, or did I put them in the wrong order? I okay. I put them in the wrong order. Okay. So. No, they're in the right order in the actual emails, but they okay. weren't in the right order. Do you want us to read them in the order you intended? Yeah. Well, the order that's that's there. There okay. is there. Okay. This is the order that the thing is in that Supposed is, is in in this. You're very professional. Dear sympathetic hosts and all, if any, villainous guests, I'd love if <laughs> any of you would read this letter with the voice of a pained Southern Baptist, <laughs> oh, Baptist yeah. preacher. You go, Stu. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I did not read this email. <laughs> I have been thinking about villains mm-hmm. for a long time. Amen. And I have subscribed to the idea that villains need a plausible motivation for doing what they do. Mm, testify. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Futs with a level because okay. I'm a little loud. <laughs> it's just because you're like using your bravado. That's probably. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That just, Other than that's an awesome joke that just popped into my head. Well, maybe not awesome, but to me, it's like you know, Stu doesn't have just have vibrato; he has bavrado. <laughs> <laughs> I got bravado. Bravado. <laughs> Other than being that's Other than being evil. After all, any character with motivation is about as flat without, without motive, motives is about as flat as a communion a wafer. Communion wafer. <laughs> and if you just give them a drive and a reason, they instantly become more, much more interesting. Mm. Many of us do this in our games already, although not many enough. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Uh, then I happened to listen to episode 58 of Narrative Controls podcast. That is a fantastic podcast, mm-hmm. by the way. Titled Social Antagonists. And I was blinded by the light. All of a sudden, I knew what all my games up until now have been missing. Villains that your party are allied with that they must live with. Mm-hmm. They are their boss at work, their commanding officer in the corps, the bureaucrat that reluctantly pays out the, their bounties, their obnoxious cousin Ralphie, who <laughs> oh, fucking Ralphie, who, who won't le- who won't ever leave well enough alone. They are the people that you hate, that love to rub your face in the dirt, but when push comes to shove, you are fighting on the same side as they. Mm-hmm. An example that immediately springs to mind. Star Trek DS9, Quark, the Ferengi bar owner, and Odo, the changeling security officer, are each are each other's social antagonists. By the way, the dynamic between those two is pretty much the saving grace of DS9. Uh, I think I might agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, have any of you had this type of social antagonism in your games? I must confess that I have not. <clears throat> not consciously, anyway. My drive to make the PCs the heroes in the story have probably precluded me from pu- uh, pulling, putting, sorry, my glasses are falling out, putting hostile friendlies in their path. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Best regards, and all my game nerdy love. Aww. Jorn from Sweden, aka Battlemat, on the forums. Woohoo! That's a really good point. I have a very important question Uh-oh. about this premise. Okay. How do you stop player characters from just murdering them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's been one of the problems I've had with it. Like, I have designed characters that I kind of meant to be like this, like antagonistic, but not like evil. Right. But a lot of times the characters assume that they're the big bad guy. And just kill them. And, like, yeah, right. I've had that happen. Or secretly, or secretly assassinate them. Yes. Or plot against them, or like it's just like okay. Mm. I'm trying to think of any one of our games where you've had like an NPC. I know that there's been some PC NPC like like polar opposites mm-hmm. that have that have butted heads. Yeah, a, a bunch. But I'm trying to think of have you actively placed an NPC I'm, in, in the L5 R game? Wasn't there a uh, wasn't it was sort of a a dick samurai that was helping us out at one point. He was just sort of maybe not. Maybe not. Well, there, there's I don't remember. Junichiro we'll from the liked. first game. Not 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 um, his older brother. Right. 
Not Rinjiro. Right. Okay. Yeah. And but his his older brother, he was kind of a prick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys weren't obviously weren't gonna. I mean, not until the you know came to the the big final mm-hmm. battle, but you guys weren't gonna move against him, right? Because he's your daimyo's daimyo. Yeah. So that's probably about as close as I think I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may have been some people. There are some a couple vamp. There are a couple of vampire characters who are assholes, and we didn't like them. That's true. That's a really good. But example. But there was no n- need to kill them. Yeah. Or they. It would have been stupid, stupid to try and kill right. them. And we'll put up with them being a dick. That's fine. Right. I don't know if we've had the any. The prince who came into town. I mean, oh, it, the new guy? The yeah. new prince? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these examples really aren't full-on villains. They're just annoyances, really. Like, they're not villains. Like, they're their boss at work is just an annoyance. He's a dick. Right. And, he, you know, and everybody has to hate their bosses. Kind well, of he's, he's, t- he's talking about them specifically being allies you don't like. You don't yeah. like, yeah. I think... I think there have been a lot of games where I've been in where it's like the king's vizier is an asshole and it, it's very clear that he's not necessarily like your main target or the person that you're supposed to be fighting in the campaign but he doesn't like that the king trusts you more than him or things right. like that. More like a rival. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just, Even unpleasant, you know, like the, the, the whiny prince who is, you know, has to tell you, you mm-hmm. have to report to him, he's all, he's high maintenance, eh, or the... Well, like, or what's, what's your name from Monsters Incorporated? Oh, Lebowski! Oh, I got yeah, my eye rise. on you. Yeah. <laughs> or um, Booster Gold. What? Who's his handler? Um, oh, yeah. Lord Maxwell. Lord Maxwell. Yeah. He ended up being a big villain. He did. He did. But it took a long time for them to finally run out of ideas and make yeah. him a villain. Spoilers: Wonder Woman murders him, and it's a little weird. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a very interesting idea. Yeah. I and I think. I think that a lot of GMs are probably shy away from it a little bit because of what you were saying. Like it, beca- it ends up becoming a red herring where people like assume that they're the bad guy, right? Um, or they they're just like set dressing, um, where it's like, oh, the grumpy curmudgeon of a shopkeeper or something they run into, right? So, but I think this could be definitely <sighs> utilized um, to great effect, actually. Um, and yeah, you're totally right about like Deep Space Nine. That's a great um, example of that. I think we do this a lot in our parties, though, in our games, which maybe is why GMs don't. Because it's all within the player. Right. right. Like, right. I don't know if you, like, I mean, there's been times where, like, Stork and I, like, we're kind of famous for our <coughs> characters, like, you know, butting heads a bit. And, like, Pooja and my characters sometimes right. butt heads a lot. It's always you and someone else. It's always me. It's, I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 100% the problem. I'm going to own that. Um but uh, so maybe that may be part of it too. It's like yeah. if you have a lot of that in your party, yeah, maybe introducing someone like this would like bring them together in mutual hatred of this person. Right. But you may also not want to introduce any more conflict than you already have. Sure. I kind of like the idea of just having a just sort of a a nebbish or a dickish like like it, 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 NPC that sort of helps you out. It could be like we were out there before the podcast talking about. Um, Roscoe P. Coltrane, right? right? Sort of the inept sheriff, mm-hmm. right? And he reports to Boss Hogg, who's sort of ineffectual mob boss, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it, people like that who it, it, you could spin a story out of it at some point mm-hmm. if you right. wanted to, right? But they start maybe as window dressing and they start maybe as flavor, and, mm-hmm. and then as the game rolls on, you can add and add, add to it, and maybe something cool will come out of it. I do kind of like the idea of just planting those seeds and see what happens. Right. Well, and, and having the the players have to interact and like maybe work with them. Right. And that not every NPC you deals with deal with should be mm-hmm. or has to be a nice person. I mean, especially like in the samurai court, there's going to be all sorts of like, "Hello, peasant," you know, mm-hmm. oh, "What yeah. are you doing here?" And they could just treat you like, and they wouldn't maybe necessarily relay messages or relay incorrect messages. Mm-hmm. Charles Emerson Winchester the Third. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that per- he's he's probably the archetype of that character. Mm-hmm. He's the Oh, that's a different kind of thing. That's more of a sitcom than a a game with violence where people are, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the, the killing is happening not on screen in, mm-hmm. in M.A.S.H. <coughs> but uh, he's constantly their foil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Frank Burns, too. It's sort of nebbish and control freaky and right. whiny. Meh. I mean, that Needle would be a great yeah. NPC to have. Mm-hmm. Just sort of this whiny... Meh, 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 meh. I know what. You guys aren't following the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the idea of using it for rivals too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like there's another adventuring partner that has also been hired for this same contract. Right. You know, good luck with that. Like, uh, that happens <coughs> a lot in 
books and movies and things like that. So that that could definitely be used really well sure. for in an and RPG. If your player characters decide they do want to kill this guy, then you know consequences. Hey, you got another story. You got another conflict mm-hmm. that happens out of right. it too. I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm going to now you got an adventure sure going, and, and the cops are looking for mm-hmm. right. Or you know because you killed the crown prince because he was an annoying little fuck. Now that now his dad who is your boss is mad at you, right? Or whatever. <coughs> All right. I don't know. I like this. I do too. Now, now and, and of course, we've—I've uh, talked a lot about villains having to have some kind of motivation or something about them. Yeah. And it's especially my, my favorite thing to do is to, to give them a motivation for doing the horrible things they're doing that the party can kind of identify with, mm-hmm. because that's always awesome. It's like, God, I, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. Shit. Yeah. But we have to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did an interesting thing in Wild Wild Talents, which I won't tell you how it ends because we literally just played. The last episode yesterday. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's up today. Yeah, I know because yeah. you were amazing and put it up the yeah. same. I was like, "What is happening? This is amazing." Because you guys were done before you got up out of bed. <laughs> that's true. I had a day off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I did a thing <coughs> where the story is very much about balance between different powers. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't necessarily like one like they had to find balance. However, they went about that. So it wasn't necessarily about finding one big bad. It's about if they fought something, they had to be careful that there was, like, equal... Like, it was distributed between these, like, cosmic powers they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of an interesting... You don't want to kick the shit out of one of them because that could throw everything out of one. Right, then the other one gets too powerful. So it it was kind of an interesting dynamic to see how they dealt with villains that weren't, like, not necessarily villains. um, And also having to be very equitable. Mm-hmm. With like how they dealt with everything, so it's a little. It was it was interesting to see how that worked, but um, it's always it's always fun to throw those roadblocks in front of the players. Like I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea the, how they're going to solve this. Let's see. What was the big bad idea. guy in uh, the first season of Daredevil? Kingpin. 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 Yeah, he was a very sympathetic he's, bad guy. Uh, he's he was always been the best part of that first <laughs> season. Yes, the best. It was he nailed that character. Yeah. You were just like, yeah. I want to see a show about you, <laughs> right? <laughs> Only you yep. were amazing and terrifying, and also I kind of want to give you a hug. Vincent D'Onofrio, who is an actor's actor, and he's yeah. he's really good at playing those gray characters. Yeah, he's sort of made a living at it, and he's he's he nails it. He gets the motivations, and he's got that that quiet rage just you could just yeah. smoldering right behind mm-hmm. his eyes. And you hear his backstory and you're like, oh, I'd want to burn down civilization too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, I want to help you. Oh, wait, no, I'm rooting for the other guy, I think, because he's good. He really loved that character, just like a little behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. He was very upset when Daredevil got canceled too because I guess he was yeah. slated to come back and all. And But yeah. he, because he, re- he, you could tell how how much he embraced it by how great he was in the oh, world. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. It's amazing. So good. All right. Should we move on to the next scene? Sure. Yeah, right. we can. Thank yeah. you very much there, Jorn, from yeah, Sweden. That's a good topic. I appreciate the email. Absolutely. Player versus character knowledge from Joker. This is sort of a piping in on a previous Yes, topic. this is a reply. <coughs> uh, I guess I will do it. Right. Player versus character knowledge from Joe Crack. Hey, y'all. Joe Crack here, and I loved hearing the discussion. I don't know if he actually says y'all like that, but it does say y'all. In the it email. does say uh, Y uh, apostrophe. Y'all. Joe Crack here, and I loved hearing the discussion. Uh, uh, and like many dudes on the internet, I also have an opinion. Shock and surprise. What dudes uh, on the what? internet have opinions? I didn't know. <coughs> um, now, obviously, Stu and the others have very strong opinions on this, and sure, it all comes down to personal preference. But here are my feelings on it all. If we agree that RPGs are a story told collaboratively, then to me, the players are not only the co-authors, but also the audience. For me, I think that the best uh, it is best as a TV show, like a soap opera, because they always have fun, messy drama. So, in a show like that, the audience is aware that Gloria is engaged to Mark, but she is secretly in love with Maria. Oh, this has just been read before. Yes, this is... <laughs> for, exactly, I read it last week. <laughs> Did it again. You did. <laughs> you did it again. It's still a great well, never email. Mind. Okay, we'll just skip that then. Thank yeah, it you. is a great email. Thank you for sending us that email again. Again. I was going to say, wow, the words are exactly the same. <laughs> All right. Oh, read his PS, though, because his PS was, was not was Left, marked oh, unread. PS! <laughs> if you wanted to hear the rest of that email, go listen to the last episode. Right, yeah, there, there you go. go. I read it just as well then. It's a teaser. <laughs> 
You were, you were actually. I think you're, yeah. you're, I think your read was a little better last time. Maybe I think it was. Uh, P.S. Another reason I prefer knowing the secrets as a player at the table is if your character doesn't have any secrets in the plot going on, and the knowledge it, uh, is if your character doesn't have any secret plots going on, and the knowledge isn't on the table, it can be boring as fuck watching all the play- other players go off and have secret meetings. That's a good point. Yeah, in the old days, but today, I mean, you've got Slack and mm-hmm. text, and people can right can communicate <clears throat> very surreptitiously without having to. And and just, I just the the temptation to metagame. Even if you're not metagaming, you're thinking about metagaming, I'm, I'm and then right you're metagaming. I'm right there with you. Uh, see, we were we were like torn last week, but I am going to say like mm-hmm. the thing about Slack and things like that. Okay, there was this poll on Twitter, which made me very angry this week. A so yeah, a poll on Twitter. Uh, it was like a tabletop RPG poll. I went off on it a little bit. Oh, I think Michelle, a Polish person. No, 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 okay. <laughs> no, 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 a, like a poll, like voting. Um, so no, it was like, wow. what would you? What is the worst thing a person can do that you would kick them out of your game for? Oh, I saw that. Some very. I accidentally clicked the wrong thing. Everybody did because it was dumb. Like one of them, I don't remember what one of them was. One of them was not knowing the rules. One of them was being on your phone and playing video games during a game. Uh huh. Um, one of them was uh, interparty conflict. Oh, and yeah, then, creating interparty conflict. Right. right. And then one of them was cheating on dice rolls. Right. And when I looked at it, interparty conflict was number one. Like the thing that most people would kick you out for. I right. was like, oh, yeah, D&D people. Right. But I'm like, that is like. We have to kill that thing and take its stuff, not each other's. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> really? Like you were okay with people playing video games at the table while you're gaming? Right. You're okay with people cheating on dice rolls more than interparty oh, conflict? Oh, sure. I was shocked. I was very, <coughs> I was appalled. Uh, not knowing but, the rules. Yeah, but I mean, like, and, like, there are people who are, like, very sensitive to, like, people using um, their devices during sure. games. Uh, I'm not one of those people, necessarily. I especially, <coughs> like, tend to look up things for the game. Right. Um, especially if I'm playing either a historical thing or if I'm playing, like, modern teenagers because I don't know a lot of, like, Famous people. So if my character's gonna have a current crush, current famous people. Yeah, current famous people. Well, anybody. I'm terrible with names. Right. So I'm like the guy from the thing, and I can tell you like every movie they've ever been in and what they wore in all those movies. <laughs> but, but I have no <laughs> idea what their name is. Right. So I'm like googling. I'm like my character has a crush on that blah, guy. Blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so but yeah, people are very sensitive to that. So like, be careful with like they are. Yeah, with Slack and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think. I mean that's a table agreement we have. Like Slack's fine, but uh, I th- I I think that playing video games and, and like to the point of being distracted. Yeah. that to me is that's the biggest. A bit, I mean, is. looking something up on Wikipedia to, to get a fact right or to, or working a backstory or, or slacking to somebody or even or even quickly answering a you know a text, a, a text yeah, from your whatever. wife or whatever is not a big deal. But you're yeah. right. If they've actually like checked out of the game and are busy playing Candy Crush, no, get yeah. the fuck out. Yeah, right. For me, it's, it's the dice thing. Like, like as a GM, like we've talked about fudging dice rolls before, in like, and, and people with like strong opinions on that. Sure. But if you're a player and you're fucking lying about your dice rolls, like, go fuck yourself. Like, that's a I bunch of I bullshit. I did that in my old, yeah, in my old gaming group. Yeah. Long time, long, long time. This is the d- dumbest thing. I'm like, why? Like, that just shows such disrespect on so many levels. He'd do this. Crit. Oh. It wasn't even done rolling. Like, you snap it back. Nobody. Nobody. Well, we, I mean, we were playing in a living room. We didn't have. We weren't sitting around a table, so right. we're all kind of spread out all over the place. And he would, was sitting on the landing of the staircase, and he's got a box. and He rolls the dice. Crit. So ridiculous. Well, he critted a lot. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. One game, one session, almost every time. Was like, what? How'd you finally bust striking. him? Huh. Huh. Yeah. It was right after that game. Someone came up to me and, and said, "Because I mean, it was like it was a, a big party. I mean, mm-hmm. there was like." Eight or ten people in a music groups game, and uh, and I think he had he probably only made three rolls the whole session, mm-hmm. and they were spread out enough where it didn't necessarily catch on right away. Oh, oh, you need the yeah. bubble up here. Oh, I got one. But but he um, someone had mentioned. Yeah, did you notice how many times he critted this last session? Like I, I wasn't really paying attention because there's like you know ten players. Yeah. It says I don't think he didn't crit a roll. Huh. So then we changed the seating arrangement the next game. Mm-hmm. And we put him so he's sitting next to someone who was always looking. Yeah, <laughs> literally like watching the dice. Yeah. Guys sweating. It's so All dumb. of a sudden, ooh, 16, too bad. He'd call the numbers out for him. Yeah. 
It's <laughs> a good solution. And that was, I mean... Why play? Like, I don't I know. Understand. I don't know. I don't get that at all. Well, because people were more uh, goal-oriented than journey-oriented, mm. and they want to win, They would, and they don't want to let the players... Oh, yeah. I mean, think of like Adventure League or whatever, where they, they are... They're just, they it's need to get true. through this thing, and they, right. and they don't want to fail. And get all the stuff. And get all the stuff, yeah. because they got to move on, and... So when you're goal oriented, you're like that. We need to get to the end of the dungeon alive, rather than right. You know, we have all this interparty conflict. It's, uh, it's doubtful we'll even make it through the end of the dungeon without killing each other. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry, I took us on a bit of a tangent there, but I've been uh, success right. story. Axel and Ook. Oop. You want to read this story. one? Since you didn't yeah. actually read the last one. No, you can do it. Oh, well, all right. Dear Happy Jack's crew, I have this group I've been playing with for twenty plus years now. We meet for exactly one week, one long weekend once every year, and then play from Thursday afternoon to Saturday night. GMing rotates. We've even had a few longer campaigns spending two or three sessions equaling years. Wow. So a session equals a year. So it's a <coughs> lot of game time compressed into very little real time. We start play after breakfast each day and only stop to cook and eat. Usually wow. we wrap up each day by playing a card game to unwind a little. This sounds hard. <laughs> this oh, sounds really, really hard. It depends how old he is. I guess. And your 20s and your college days? We used to do stuff like I that. I guess. We'd pull all-nighters, but I can't imagine... We'd have diplomacy games that would last literally all day. We'd get to some guy's house at 10 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be done until midnight. Well, and if you're thinking, like, okay, like, we play games, like, a lot. We play games regularly. If you don't have a regular game, uh, like, one weekend I, a year... Oh, yeah. That's like going to GameCon. Yeah, exactly. Except, like, you get to not have to be with a bunch of people you don't know. <laughs> For many of the group, this is their only time actually playing an RPG, once per year. We all, quote, grew up with traditional games, and while everyone is experienced enough to wrap their heads around any type of system, some of us have a harder time to to just run with it, both on the player side and the GM side. Our games tend to be very well prepped, and sometimes more about the story and setting, and less about the characters. Well, you you got a year to prep it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm going to run the game at the next weekend when you do this. Okay. Yeah. I've got... I mean, it's like all the stuff I did for the Call of Cthulhu thing. I've been I've been making stuff for that since what January? Yeah, you've been very excited yeah. for a very long time. All right. So, so to open everyone's mind a little, the time we played the session of Ten Candles after our main game, absolutely brilliant. Right. The look on everyone's face then told uh, told me how to hand the virtues vices. There's a wrinkle in my page here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to hand the virtues slash vices to another player and building their characters with uh, with the two they now had. Priceless. Oh yeah, that that's where you you write down a virtue and vice, and then you hand one to the left and one to the right, so people aren't making their own character. They're making right. They're they're making other people's character. The game itself, after a lot of questions along the lines of "What's the point of playing when we're all going to die anyways?" went <laughs> went down really well. So well, in fact, that we played another session a day later. Uh, for that one, we had even incorporated a visiting non-RPG friend who had an absolutely awesome first RPG experience in great atmosphere with simple rules and the same share of voice as all the experienced players around the table. Harumph. <laughs> Big thanks to your podcast as I learned about the game in your AP and would Ooh. never have heard about it otherwise. I can absolutely recommend Ten Candles to anyone who just wants to have a fun game or to introduce people to the world of tabletop RPGs. I know horror stories are often funnier, so feel free to skip this email as it is just a thank you to your podcast Aww. and some feedback about the game. Greetings from the Ook. Thank yeah, you very much there, Axel, from the Ook. I love that game. It's, it's, it's so fun. good. And we got to thank Tomes for that because he, yeah. he's mm-hmm. the small game hunter. He went out there and finds these things, these little precious gems. And Somewhere around here is my box, which is a <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten candles, candles game. In a, it's yeah. a kit. It has kit. candles. It has matches. It has the rule book. It has everything you need to play it. Yeah. I love I love things like that, where it's just it's a small, obscure game that nobody's ever heard of and comes in and can change your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, well, and, and small games like that are starting to take more and more, uh, I, I don't know if the market necessarily, but people are starting to notice them more and more. Yeah. So, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, there's becoming, like, a real, um, like, there's always been independent games, but it's starting um, with... Like different sites now are like some of them are catering just to independent games like that. So it's becoming easier to find them. Yep. It's becoming easier for um, independent uh, game creators to get it out there to people. Like it used to be, you just like pass around at a convention. Yeah, but right. But there's always been a bunch of really small <coughs> games out there, and it's sort of word of mouth. I, can, I mean, I'm thinking of Tune, mm-hmm. which I I've, I've loved. Every time I played it, I've had a great time. There was one I played a, a 
maybe almost ten years ago called Cat, mm-hmm. where your cats are mystical protectors of the of the earth. Just kind of a cool concept. Yeah. It's a really simple game. It's like on two pages. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one called Lady Blackbird, oh, yeah. where mm-hmm. everybody's got sort of sort of set. Archetypes, mm-hmm. and then it takes place on a spaceship. But however you play your archetype is completely random and up to you, and mm-hmm. however you want to do it. And and it's just again, it all takes just like two two pages to, to right. cover these games. And those that's just the tip of the iceberg. <coughs> so these things have always sort of been around. It's just a matter of like someone finding them and then having the courage to play them. Because yeah. sometimes you're like, mm, all kind of games on two pages, it can't be mm-hmm. that good. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a whole there's a whole website of one page RPGs. Yeah, it's great. So that's well, great. there's Indie Game Press, which is a website that's completely dedicated to independent games like right. this, um, and you can get like we've played Companion's Tale stuff like that. That's there, right? Um, and uh, then also there's uh, itchio.com, i t c h dot i o, um, and that's like where I release Virgins and Vixens. So it's not itchio.com, it's itchio. Itchio.io. It's itchy.io. Yeah, <laughs> it's not itchio. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's not I, yeah, no, no. Yes. You're correct. <laughs> You're so I'm so used to adding the like the dot whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, that's where I release Virgins and Vixens, and there's actually a huge community on there that are all just doing like like one to ten page RPGs, and there's like game jams on there where people they're like okay seventy two. It's like. If you're like a filmer, they have this 72-hour um, like film fest where you have 72 hours to make a movie about this theme or whatever it is. Well, they have a very similar thing as Game Jams on there. And it started out as a, a video game, an independent video game website. Mm-hmm. So people would be like, hey, I spent the weekend making this fun little Tetris knockoff. Or like, and some of them are very in-depth. They're amazing. Um, but there's starting to be a much bigger uh, tabletop presence on there as well. And literally people are like, hey, I wrote this little game and some of them are fantastic yeah. and um, like if you if you're familiar with uh, uh, Critical Role at all they played a, a game called Honey Heist which is about bears trying to steal honey <laughs> and that's a game that's on that's yeah that's, that's a the, game that's, that's on game. itch.io um, and like oh, there's just all these little like very hey, short I RPGs. wonder if that's the place where where Tomes goes to find all of his weird little obscure games. A lot of them, yeah. Um, but also, again, uh, uh, Indie Game Press, um, That like there's a ton of stuff on there that's mm-hmm. all very similar like that, too. It, t- it kind of takes a paradigm shift for a lot of gamers to actually just sit around and, and drive across town, sit down and play a game that exists on two or three pa- pieces mm-hmm. of paper and trust that you're going to have a good time. We're so conditioned to doing a character gen that takes a long time and then investing a long time in a campaign. You know what? It's okay to just jump on in and try a little, a tiny little game that lasts for four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Most game sessions last for that long anyway. You're going to have a good time. And if not, while it was four or five hours, you can play something else. But I think you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by not checking these things out. And I'm guilty of that myself. I'm, I, I literally will look at just two pages like, what kind of game mm-hmm. am I going to get out of this? Really? It's like, this, it's not, there's nothing there. Yeah. So you defy your expectations and try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, and also, I just there 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 was isn't a specific page. There's a couple people who've done collections of one page RPGs that are literally a single t- single piece of paper, and everything is on that one sheet. Yeah. And there's actually a bunch of those. Uh, I'm sorry, I was saying the the website wrong. It's Indie Press Revolution. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um. That was. Associated somehow with Hero Games. Oh, maybe. Uh, but yeah, IndiePressRevolution.com. They have a whole bunch of stuff, and you can get bigger stuff like masks and things like that there. Um, but there's also a bunch of smaller games that uh, I got um, a Quiet Year there, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Quiet Year has been done by the same people that did Ten Candles, isn't it? That's I uh, think it is. It sounds familiar. Oh, I can't remember the name of the website that it's from. Maybe. <coughs> I have the hiccups. Yes, you do. <laughs> Next email. Kimmy. Next email. All right, now I'll read this. A one. horror story. I'm going to meet the uh, mic. A horror story from Eric in New Jersey. Hello, you glorious jackers. I figured since you needed emails, I would try. I would just try to keep. It's like bears getting honey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, writing them until you guys said stop. I've mentioned a couple horror stories in the past. Fun little things like Karen and the executioner. Whoa. I think I saw GM, that film. Yeah. Jam ignores the party and rolls and role plays with his daughter who just wanted uh, who just wanted into the room. 
and the Everglorious player attacks another for using a Hellraiser cube, a.k.a. Damn death metal fan. That just sort of reminds me of I'm Troy McClure. You might remind my you might remember my <laughs> horror stories such as yes. examples such as GM ignores party and plays with daughter or <laughs> player attacks another using Hellraiser Cube and other fine examples of horror stories. Yes. Today today I give you a tale that really doesn't have a villain but is horrific still. We were enjoying a campaign of West End Game Star Wars sometime back in the 90s. I had two players, let's call them Dave and Joe, who were playing brothers in this uh, plucky group of rebellion, uh, Rebel Alliance operatives. I remember one guy blowing a force point to save the other and saying, if you spend your force point to get laid, I'm going to kill you. Good times, good times. Well, one particular night, Dave and Joe's characters could not agree on the course of action. Dave said, brother, let's settle this the way we always do, and held out his arm to arm wrestle. Joe happily obliged, and they both went into an arm, uh, the arm wrestle with gusto. The rest of us were entertained until we heard the sound of Joe's arm breaking. Whoa! Oh my god. Joe kept staring at his arm saying, oh god, over and over again. Well, I very no shit. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I very calmly flailed on my arms like Kermit the Frog on crack and started screaming, hospital, hospital, <laughs> over and over again to one of the guys with the car. Well, they got Joe in the car into the hospital. He had indeed broken his arm. Oddly enough, the game never really picked up again after that. All I know is I can say uh, I ran a game where someone broke a bone in the middle of the game. Not as terrific as Karen and the Sexecutioner, but still pretty bad. I missed the whole Karen and the Sexecutioner wow. story. I mean, I have to anyway, it was a while ago. Uh, anyway, I hope the story was entertaining. May the dice always roll in your favor. May your games continue to be diverse. And may you never get injured playing a tabletop RPG. Cheers, Eric from New Jersey. Years ago, didn't we have a horror story oh about a guy that, that left the house? We were in Scandinavia. Left the house, he slipped and conked his head and passed out, like in the snow. I, I seem to remember, like, they, uh, somebody like conked and they didn't find him for hours. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But how do you break a bone? Arm wrestling. Arm, doing arm is that wrestling. A, is that a thing? I so, guess so. Like, I mean, it happens. You, what do you... Wow. I guess that the other person... Like, I feel like... I don't know. That's, like, talent. That's, like... I feel like that... I that's unless it's in your hand. If the guy's squeezing your hand so hard that it, it says arm though. I, I'm wondering if this guy's got skeletal problems or something. Yeah, right. I would maybe like, like that pitcher like who severe osteoporosis. That pitcher who shattered his arm. And he had. It turns out he had bone cancer or something strange with his. Right. With oh his wow. Bad brittle bones. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that didn't sound fun. And the fact that they could hear it—that's enough to make everybody go, "Yeah, right, right yeah, there, yep, right there." Well, and also like, how mm-hmm. sad! Like as a GM, you've got like this amazing moment. Everyone's had like, like involved. They decide to like arm wrestle for real. And right, your eyes are like, you know, they're, yeah. yeah, they're super into Two it. Two man enter, one man leaves. Yeah! yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> oh god, you actually broke your arm. That's awful. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm trying to think. We had we had some physical violence once, maybe twice, where people had to be restrained or separated. But it, you mm-hmm. know, it didn't get into broken bones or anything. It was just a lot of shouting and and puffing of chests, and mm-hmm. and it was like, all right, all right, right, right. You know, I remember grabbing mm-hmm. a guy. I'm like, we're we're gonna go outside and cool down and all that stuff. But it wasn't. Yeah, well, we were all you know testosteroneed out, fifteen right. year olds, <laughs> and spent together time in a room. And people were just you know, sometimes people were just dicks. So. Yeah. Um, That's too bad because in this situation, like neither one of them were being dicks either. Like yeah, it was literally right, just no. like an accident. They're both really into it, getting along well. Wow. And that you know nowadays that I'm old, I I can break a hand opening a door. <laughs> yeah, throw out your back, <laughs> standing oh. up, standing up. Yep. Uh, I'm looking for a, another email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's okay. And, and it's just, I was not logged into. You're not playing Candy Crush in the middle of our uh, podcast. I was planning <laughs> on it. <clears throat> I was going to. Yeah. No, I can. T- I think I, that's a cool way to settle. Actually, Minecraft. Though. I was going to play Minecraft. Okay. Oh yeah. I think that's a cool way to like deal with that though. That's really fun that they had like their set way of like, <laughs> like, de- like determining what they do. Because um, I know I've given like we've all given that advice before, but especially when I'm talking about um, gaming with kids, like having a way to decide. Maybe not 
arm wrestling with kids. But <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of fun. I really like that. They're like playing brothers. It's like, oh, right, we arm wrestle to decide if we can't decide. Like that's. I wonder if you could like cool. design a game for jocks or something, or people Ooh. that are very physical, you're kinesthetic, and then uh, that that instead of a dice randomizer, you have an arm wrestling an arm wrestling <laughs> match every, every time. They, every time you needed to resolve a randomizer, arm wrestle. Maybe you make it a wrestling funny. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's my one sheet wrestling game, and and the randomizer is an arm wrestle, and, and thumb wrestling or that's thumb wrestling. Yeah, that'd be okay. very fun. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I put put like, that with the with the golden what? lasso. Uh, it's you. Empire. Yeah. <laughs> thumb wars. That'd be very good. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a fun thing. Uh, Bill, one year for my uh, birthday, gave me these little. Um, uh, yeah. For your thumbs, they're yeah. little. It's like uh, a, it's like a little. They're little lightsabers. Oh, no, okay. it's like a little oh, okay. lightsaber. You could do like thumb. Li- oh, thumb, like thumb wrestling. Yeah, with, with lightsabers. lightsabers. They were cool. very cool. Like one was the Jedi one. One was the Sith one. And you could do thumb war with like little lightsabers. I think as a stocking stuffer, once I got it's like a, I think you had a trigger on each side, and you had a little hole, and mm-hmm. you would, you, and it was like a it was like a cord, it was like a thumb rrr, war it was ring. Like a thumb yeah. war ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's very funny. Okay, I'm not finding anything without it without reading through the whole thing. So That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that email looked a little bit familiar, but I'm like, oh no, he's just piping on on something that we talked yeah, about last replying. week. I don't know. No, no, it's not the first time I've done that. No, it's that's part okay. of it. It's a flaw in my system. <laughs> but everything goes in a folder. Mm-hmm. Everything gets in a folder. Um, I did want to talk to you a little bit about um, your Call of Cthulhu character generation. Yes. So. Yeah, that's up now. I think it went up yesterday. The session zero of Murmurs at the Abyss. Yes. Um, like, how did it go um, versus like kind of your expectations? It like it's interesting because like with Traveler, it seemed like we were doing a lot more on the fly stuff. It seems like people were much more prepared with their character concepts when they came to the table for Call of Cthulhu. Well, you can be because you can't in Traveler. You don't know what's going to happen. True. That's you true. say I'm when I grow up, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a fireman. <clears throat> That's how Traveler works. Yeah. And it's like, do you? Oh no, I didn't. I'm an office I, I worker. Grew up to be a drifter and a bum. And right. But <laughs> I'm in prison. I'm in prison. I was surprised with Call of Cthulhu because it did have like a lot of tables to roll on. Um, yeah. As far as That's like kind of optional, but yeah. Yeah. For the backgrounds. We did. We kind of did half and half because some of us had like ideas we wanted for our characters already. But there's a lot of things where it's like you roll to have because um, there's a mechanic where you get. Uh, sanity points and stuff back if you have like someone who you're connect- connected with. You've got these like touchstone things, um, so they do have um, those uh, tables that you roll on. Yeah. Like one time, I didn't have anything in mind for who my touchstone person was, so I rolled and it ended up being another PC at the table. So that was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. balance between like nor- like normal quote character creation and traveler, where like everything's randomized. Right. I kind of liked that middle ground a little bit. Yeah, I mean the way the system's set up. You don't really have to have s- your stats to be in a certain place to be able to pick any any uh, mm-hmm. profession you want. Mm-hmm. The only thing it's going to affect is how many skill points you have to put in your skills. So mm-hmm. you may not your skill levels. If you if you pick a very academic career and your education is low, you're going to not gonna have a lot of skill points to, to, yeah. to throw around. So it just means you're kind of just kind of a shitty professor. <laughs> you know, but you could still be. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of those. It doesn't matter if you're good at what you no, do. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you you really want kind of a brainy nerd anyway. You really don't want anybody that's a physically adept or even that agile, except maybe if you want to you know be a okay. second story person. But you really need a lot of bunch of educated people because there's a lot of like ancient lore that has to be deciphered. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, well, Kimmy's you're playing the 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 one shitty the, character. Yeah. The they got one. They got one shooty character. Yeah, and she's a, you very got physical rifle and pistol. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it. Like I think excessively a lot of it. It was like sixty and seventy percent. Right. I don't want to miss. Right. But I'm probably going to die first. Well, you can be like Brendan Fraser in the Mummy, where you just <laughs> you just keep shooting stuff while everybody else is running. Right. That's kind of yeah. Like she's like an adventurer and like a, like kind of like a photographer around the world who comes back and writes very like articles about what I feel. I watched the character, Jen. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah you were. It's, so. it's a it's a cool character concept. It really is. The, the, I figured one of us had to be able to climb a wall or jump something. <laughs> right. right. Somebody somebody has to be able to kick can. the door down just yeah. in case. Exactly. <laughs> the, the the most surprising thing to me is that no one made a student, and that's kind of what I was expecting. That's when people would make yeah. students, and almost everyone either made faculty or someone associated with faculty. Yeah. That to me was the most interesting thing. It was interesting because it never even occurred to me to make a student. Like, I don't know why I assumed everyone would make <laughs> students. I, li- I literally have no idea why, but for some reason, that's just what popped in my head. Yeah, that's fascinating. But 
we always malign, you know, Call of Cthulhu as being sort of, uh, you know, why would you want to make a shooty character? You don't want to shoot anything in Call of <laughs> Cthulhu. But that's not always true. There no. are minions and things that you need to wade through. I mean, th- again, think of the mummy where you had, uh, yep. what was that guy's name, that slimy? Speaking of a, of a NPC that, that was smarmy and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Lenny? Was it? Was it was oh, it? Something, Lenny? Like that. something like that. Where he was all just sort of whiny and. Right. and, and yeah. Everybody hated him. But, uh, you know, you have to shoot your way through these people. So you, mm-hmm. in fact, need. Some of that skill, you can't just intellect them to death. Right. Well, and the PCs don't know that you shouldn't shoot at things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, fi- you find right. that out the hard way. Right. Yeah. Speaking but, of I mean, player character versus character knowledge, and it, it really, <laughs> d- it really depends on what kind of game you're running too. I mean, you could have Benny. A, you you can run Benny. a successful Benny. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tyler. You can run a successful Call of Cthulhu game that's super shooty. It's not just not going to be as. It's not going to have the tone of a real horror game necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I mean, you can totally do that and have a successful game. In the twenties, there was still some Wild West stuff in the West. You could actually oh, yeah. have a Cthulhu and Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there. I think there actually is a for an earlier uh, edition. I think there might be a book for that out there yeah. somewhere. That's what my character's whole concept is. Is like her father was like a trick shooting, like Wild West. Like showman, Annie Oakley, yeah, yeah, and so she grew up kind of on the circuit like that. So she's really great with guns, but now just travels. What did you, you, you said in nineteen twenty seven? Nineteen twenty three. Nineteen twenty three. So yeah, it's the Buffalo Bills Wild. All of that stuff was still yep. around. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so it's funny, um, like how how as GM sometimes we set those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to you about this actually like an hour ago. Um, for my Wild Talents game, I was kind of, I don't know why, like, I was like, okay, we're playing Wild Talents. They'll do, like, I was expecting it to be more in the vein of, like, Wild West X-Men, like, mutant powers. Sure. All of them picked magical shit. Every single one, independently of each other, when they came to the table for character creation, had ideas based on, like, magic. Right. Like, fey magic, and ancient Mayan magic, and, like, all these things. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be different than I expected it to be. Right. Um, I think it ended up a much more interesting campaign and a much more unique thing because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of interesting how, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a problem. I mean, people can write it and tell them if tell us if it's a problem that we just have at our tables. But I feel like a lot of times sitting down at, since we game a lot, we have the kind of instinct to make a character that's different. Yes. So everyone probably sat there thinking, oh, she expects them to be, she expects us to be like superpower mutants. I'll be the one magic character. And, right. then they all, and they all did the yeah, same thing. Yeah, they all did the same thing. I wonder <laughs> if that's like something that happens at our table or if that's something that happens at lots of tables. I Personally, I wouldn't even occur to me to make a mutant cowboy. I would have thought, well, I, they already got my powers through magic. Mm-hmm. Because <coughs> for some reason, you think mutants are f- as futuristic and not necessarily in the past. Yeah. Oh, see, so yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, is someone who made a deal with the devil, right? Magic. Yeah. We had one of those. Oh, okay, <laughs> but it's not that wouldn't necessarily be a magical character, though. No, but their powers are based supernatural on based. supernatural kind of magic. <coughs> um, well, they, uh, but all, yeah, all superpowers are supernatural, aren't they? Well, no, the mutant gene is like your gene gets. Yeah, it's like oh. scientific based. Okay. Like it's it's super powered, but right. it's not supernatural. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of an an interesting thing. So, and I get I, I don't know. Maybe that's the same thing. Like we all kind of were like, oh, I'll be the one older character when we were getting ready for. <coughs> and everyone's ninety. Right. And uh, <laughs> I'm not ninety. I'm thirty. Right. I'm still younger than I technically am. Right. When you say older character, people were playing thirty year olds. Fuck you. No, <laughs> no I, I feel like Jim's character is like actually because he had like some he lost some stats because of his age. Oh yeah, his chose. character is like sixty or in the sixties. I, I don't remember something, but it's old. It's definitely older. Right. Um, yeah, he, he, he came up with his whole character concept before he rolled one stat. That asshole! Like literally, I messaged him and he got at it. He's like, "All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna be in the group." Like an hour later, he messages us with this very detailed character concept. I've been like struggling for weeks. He, yeah, he fled during the <laughs> during the the Russian Revolution. Yeah, and and then uh, ended up in Turkey and got arrested. And and spent the well, rest of the war in a <laughs> Turkish prison. He's just like you. You just had a character concept when we first started. You were like, "Well, I'm going to use this as a character concept." And it's like we all stockpile these ideas. And when the Cthulhu gamer came around, he goes, "Oh yeah, I can finally use my my Russian my ex Russian right. revolutionary." Oh, and and he's a. He, I don't know if he, we actually ever mentioned. It. He's also a, a, a rabbi. Yes. Super he's, he's a totally cool. Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. What a great. What a great concept. I don't even have a last name for my character. I know. And I've had weeks to think about it. 
I did decide on, I think Doris is my name, though? Doris, yes. I'm named after one Doris of... Doris the Explorer. Yeah, Doris yeah. the Explorer. <laughs> and you didn't even remember that. I remember that. I just want the characters like, yeah. oh my god, I, I, I totally it. made Dora the Explorer. I did. Well, because I, I picked the name because, like... Uh, and you wanted to get a backpack? Well, that too. But, uh, Rucksack. Rucksack. yeah. <laughs> but Kadeep has an, an aunt who, like, actually traveled the world, like, when she was older. Her name was Doris. And her name was Doris. So he's like, oh, you're like my Aunt Doris. I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. But yeah, she's Doris the Explorer's fucking name. <laughs> you have to get you a pet monkey. I know. Yeah. I mean, Keith, that would actually be kind of cool. I know. It's very cute, actually. <laughs> I may have like... And if anyone ever does a portrait of the of the party, it'll be everyone and then Dora the Explorer, <laughs> a little taller. <laughs> Short backpack. backpack yeah. And a map. <laughs> Mappa. Yeah. Maybe dying and bleeding, depending on how it ends. I don't know. Right. <laughs> All right. And, and, you know, the other thing I forgot was to have everyone roll up a backup character. Character creation's pretty quick. Yeah. Because if someone... Again, in combat, I mean, you see how many hit, hit points you have. Yeah. You got to don't have very many. I mean, a, a good character probably has 15 or 16. Yeah. And, and a, a rifle probably does 3d6 damage. Yeah. So... So one or two shots with that, you're dead. It wasn't too difficult. Like, I feel like you can't... <coughs> Like, traveler creation, as much fun as it is, I feel like you have to do that at the table. Yeah. Um, just because, I don't know, like, it, it just seems to work better that way. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, like, Call of Cthulhu, the new edition, what, fifth? Seventh. Seventh. Um, like, was simple enough that we could I'd do that separately yeah. and not t- totally affect the party And then too the much. thing is, the, the, the system, I mean, the, there, there have been some dice mechanic changes to the system that are mm-hmm. pretty significant. Yeah. But the the basic the basic text of the game hasn't changed a whole lot, right? So, and they've gotten after seven editions, they've gotten really good at explaining here's how you make a character yeah. step by step by step by step, and it's it, it, very straightforward and very easy to figure out. Yeah, and it's the same with everything else. They have a really weird way of introducing combat. They start with fist to fist, like a punching fight. Oh, and they say here's how you do a punching fight. Here's how you add w- weapons. So they start with unarmed combat. That's good. You don't yes. have to go search for it. It's <laughs> right. right there in the beginning. Right. Grappling rules. And, and then and then it goes on to firearms because there's there's a couple of very significant rules in firearms that I think make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And one of them is you get a bonus forty or fifty percent to your decks if you're using a gun. Huh? So you're I mean because it's a lot easier to go click than it is to swing a sword at someone That's or punch true. them. So. I'm I'm anxious. I'm I'm. Curious to see how this game unfolds because I when we when this game first dropped way back in the eighties seventies mm-hmm. um, we tried it. 81, we tried to play it yeah. and we just couldn't grok it. <clears throat> Raiders Lost Ark had just come out, so everybody made archaeologists, you know, and and we all had whips and mm-hmm. we just didn't understand the the failure and the and the embracing the darkness. And it was like when we went insane, we would be you know no, we were you know, we, we just wasn't we just couldn't figure it out well, and i don't th- there i don't think there are very many teenagers out there who are going to look at call of cthulhu right and not play it as a sort of pulpy it's really hard yeah. and and we just didn't really have an archetype but now after all these years <coughs> of ruminating on it you really want to play it like an agatha christie novel like murder on the Orient express or something where everybody's got especially and then there's been something some small clue sets in emotion right mm-hmm. um but it's not you know, it's not raiders. You're not you're not swinging from the rafters and jumping onto trains and stuff. There might be a train travel. I, well, I don't know. There might be some of that, but it's 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 a really different way to to picture how you're playing the game. Yes. As opposed, especially when you were a 15 year old and your only other experience was Gamma World, space opera, uh, hero, and and Quest, maybe yeah, D and D. Yeah. Well, and you have to be really careful with it too, because um, and Stu did a really great job of this. He wrote up like a whole kind of like one sheet about the system, because there are points where you lose uh, agency for your character. Yes. Um, so it was one of these things that a lot of people, even today, like like aren't going to be comfortable with. Yeah. So it's like you lose agency sometimes. You know, it does deal with really heavy things. Um, you know, lines and veils, super creepy stuff. And you're going to be ineffectual a lot of yeah. the time. And uh, people have a hard time not being good at something. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. 
you're not going to be walking away from a corpse of Cthulhu with an explosion behind you. Or, That's or not going to happen. Yeah. Or, or <gasps> even sometimes just dealing with a local constabulary. I oh, mean, yeah. you're just not going to you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Well, and also the the fact that you're right, you're not going to succeed, but also kind of like embracing the feel of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us crack jokes and stuff when we get uncomfortable or end up in heavy situations. And I noticed that you're doing character, Jane. You had a discussion about tone. I think we yeah. got to, did it make it on camera? Or it did. It yeah, it, yeah. Did. Okay. it did, yeah. yeah. And I, we, I wasn't really in, enforcing it so much during character, sure. Jen, because it's character. Gen. Yeah, but we brought it up because it's a good thing to try and keep in mind for next time. Absolutely. Because a lot of us automatically do that. We get in a place or when our character fails, we make a joke about it. And a lot of games, it doesn't matter. Right. But this game, like you have to like lean into the discomfort of, oh, we're all going to die. And right. I think it's a really great note, and that really helps set the tone. <coughs> I think for the players and the GM, which is yeah. like, come on, guys, let's. This is some serious stuff, and it will it will actually impact the game mm-hmm. if you take it seriously. Yeah. And we had it like that. that I'm so glad that you typed that up because we shared it with some people, and like some people were like, you know, that doesn't sound like my jam. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. play. Thanks, right. but mm-hmm. I'm not. Go- I'm gonna not. I-, I won't go in for this game. I'll go in for something else. Um, and I, which I get, and that's yeah, fair. That's absolutely. totally fair. I would hate to have, wrangle someone into Call of Cthulhu and, and like you know five sessions in, they're like, this sucks. Yeah, and they're expecting the. Some right. hippie game, yeah. Or they're expecting you know <laughs> raiders, so they're going to be swinging in on the chandelier oh, and saving okay. people. That's not necessarily yeah. going to happen, no. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're it, I, I, like I am very uncomfortable with horror movies generally. Um, playing Call of Cthulhu is a little bit different because I get to have some agency on what's happening. Right. Um, but like the, yeah, I mean, and we are very clear with like our lines and veils sheet that you've put out and things like that. So it's like these are things that will not happen because they are lines. Here are things that. What may happen, but it'll be like fade to black moments. Those or are off our, screen. Or off screen, yeah. those are our veils. <clears throat> Not uh, having read the, the new rules, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, are, is there a way to gain sanity back? Yes, I think absolutely. in the original yeah. there wasn't. You there just is. Lost uh, it, you know? I don't know if there was or not. I don't remember. I think it, you had to. It took there's like actually years off there's camera actually, at a mental. Well, I mean, there, there may be times when the party has someone who's lost lost enough sanity where they may need to be institutionalized. Yeah. And the game may we may say okay, he's going to be in, in, locked up for three months. Very briefly, what are you doing during those three months while he's locked up? Yeah. Assuming you're not all going to say, screw Bob and leave. Mm-hmm. Assuming you're, oh, I'm going to stay and I'm going to research this, or I'm going to go over here and I'm going to try to get involved in this organization. So you, people give you some, some long term goals. Yeah. So you can just fast forward three months and say, okay, Bob got out of, got out of the asylum. Mm-hmm. He, he's gained back 30 sanity points. And uh, it's Sand Asylum in the twenties. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, a lot of electroshock oh, yeah. therapy. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they had worse than electroshock therapy. Oh yeah, yeah they did. So bad. I know. Yeah. It might be worse on his way out <laughs> when yeah. he came in. Oh, it can be. Yeah. you can lose sanity in an asylum. I completely yeah. understand. But one, of, one of the the reasons that you do background stuff, you have you have like a, a treasured item, uh, people you're close to, um, uh, significant or meaningful places, these kind of things that you make for your character two things one as you lose sanity and you those things can become perverted the gm can take your seat and say oh your 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 favorite aunt mabel you're wondering if she's all right maybe there's some there's something something different about her something changed about her mm-hmm. about three months ago and you're not really sure what it was so you can just like write a little note or something to, to pervert those things but when you've lost, when you're down sanity and you need to regain it, one of the things you can do is reconnect with the attachments yeah. in your background. And that gives you a role to be able to, that's yeah. cool. to get more sanity back. That's cool. yeah. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with those charts. Like, there's, like, the touchstone person. There's, like, touchstone items. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, my character's thing is, like, a gun that my father left me that he used to use in shooting tricks, and he taught me to shoot on it. So, like, like you can come up with them on your own, or you can use these cool tables, which did, like, very much, like, Seem like travelers to me. Yeah, yeah. Which was really kind of a neat thing because it's like you roll. Oh, it's an item. Uh, yeah, I love, I love a little randomness in my yeah, character gen. Yeah. I totally do. It really forces your creativity. Yes. Well, it just takes you places you never would have done, and then you yeah. have to embrace it because well, that's what the dice fell. So right. I mean, mm-hmm. travelers the the total extreme because it's completely random, but it's yeah. nice to have some of that where you're like, I have no idea, and it w- and it will force you to do things that you wouldn't have done had you just picked a thing. Right. right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I think it'll it'll be it'll be good. I think yeah. the um, oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. I don't remember. Mm. What I don't remember now. No. Oh, uh, by the way, I just looked up 1981s when it, the original oh. rules. Came All right. Out. Uh, you know. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm interested to see now that they've come out with um, the new Call of Cthulhu and the the, mm-hmm. the art 
art, the layout and the art design is just fantastic. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Now that they've done that, I wonder if they're going to go back to the basic role playing, the their their generic system, mm-hmm. mm. and and give that the same kind the, of overall. the BRP. That'd yeah, be cool. Yeah, I, it, I like that system. That thing it's went nice. into print and gone. Yeah, I, I don't think they ever reprinted it. It was the one that had the, the what's the picture? I have a, I have a copy the, of the it. Da Vinci. Yeah, the Vitruvian Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, it has like it looks like him on the on the cover. Yeah, I have it. Um, but boy, you you can't find it anymore. Really? It's out yeah. of print. It's been out of print for a while. Yes. But it'd be I, I would I hope they do because mm-hmm. they, they they did a really good job. I mean, look at the here's the investigators book. Just look at the quality. Of the printing and the mm-hmm. artwork and the layout in this thing, like all the it's pages just, are color stuff. It's just fantastic. I like the little homage to mm-hmm. uh, to the player's handbook. Yes, the AD&D player's mm-hmm. handbook. Yep. That's that's cute for those of you playing along at home. It's, yeah, it's very very similar. But yeah, I mean that, and, and I'll c- compare that to six. I've got the right. sixth edition book, and, and that looks like it came out in nineteen eighty two. Yeah, so, so good. It's nice. Yeah, uh, it's nice. We, should, we should probably call it now. Yeah. All right. Where is it? Thank you for joining us for season 24, episode 17 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I have been Stork. And uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you very much. We'll leave this on. Bye. Bye. We'll leave with this song. This song. You wouldn't believe me anyway. So it's best I just don't say I've lived a thousand lives I've piloted a thousand souls I killed and fought and died Just for a single role of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.